CabanaDeprived.com is proud to present Top 8 Magic Podcast with Michael J. Flores and Brian David Marshall. Brought to your ears thanks to FaceToFaceGames.com. Dear Canadian listeners, it's time for earmuffs. I have them in my pocket, it's very cold, but you could earmuffs this. Brian David Marshall claims that he is a font of profanity. Are we, did we start just starting oh, over we, I, just, I just hit the record button. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the so We started having a conversation, so I just started to hit the recorder. We started the same conversation over. So, sorry, go ahead. Would you say I'm a font of profanity? <laughs> well, well, we, I was just talking about how cold it is yeah. in New York today. Because it is... I, am, I do not have my normal arsenal of profanity with which to describe how cold it is. I, I am... I am at a loss to describe yeah. how cold it is. Um, it is so cold, we've come inside. Yeah. Uh, to a podcast. Sort of. <laughs> I mean, I buy a giant drafty window. Yeah. And a clanking uh, radiator. There's not jackhammers, but we do have a, a very clanky old steam radi- radiator here. You had this, you had this a version of this business model when you were at Neutral Ground for a while, right? Where you... You had to like pay pay to like sit in a certain part or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember I would have playtest sessions where like me, Osa, Billy, and Josh would like pay to take a certain section, and then we made other people not be be near us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had that. So we're we're in Uncommons, New York, um, which there used to be a chess store here. So, yes. Um, and uh, it, it's still kind of here. I think right in the corner there. My 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 daughter actually takes lessons from a master at that uh, at that chess. Um, what do you call it? And. Uh, uh, they they were replaced by Uncommons New York, which was funded, a Kickstarter board game store. Kickstarter board game store, but they have a drafting room, uh, and right now nobody's in it but us. They have a drafting room. Uh, this past Friday, I think they had their first uh, Friday Night Magic. Is it constructs? Uh, it was draft, I believe. Can they, but they had two tables of drafts going. Can they can they have it be constructs and then we can start playing Friday Night Magic? They could have. I'm sure they could have a construct. I mean, if you want a constructed Friday Night Magic, also Montesi has a standard every Friday night. Um, I've never played Friday Night Magic. I, at some point, I'm not going to be able to say that anymore. I think I think I might become a Friday Night Magic aficionado at some point. Um, Friday Night Magic's fun. Uh, it's always good to, you know, play some magic, hang out with your friends. I like it. I mean, we're doing Tuesday Night Magic tonight. Like, when, you know, we're, one of the reasons we're here is I'm meeting uh, Alex Ullman. Alex Ullman! A columnist uh, at Star City Games. Yep, Steve Saden. Steve uh, Saden, uh, a former top eight, top yeah. eight match. Uh, Zvazda, who was the guy we ran into outside of Joe, like several podcasts back. So the first time I ever heard of Uncommons New York was uh, Steve said he was walking by this window and it said, he, he said on the podcast? He might have said it on the podcast, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like expertise in magic and espresso connoisseur like a needed. Board, yeah. a board game expert and barista. I thought it was magic expert. Yeah, well, whatever. Whatever, but yeah. So it's just a, it's a, it's this is our version of Card Kingdom, I guess. It is. It is. It is smaller and colder than Card Kingdom. I don't think it's probably colder in general. I bet come July, Card Kingdom's way colder than here. <laughs> uh, I was. I, I had a long conversation with a guy. Card yesterday. Kingdom's opening a second location, apparently. Yeah. They're, they're, that store that store kicks ass. I mean, it's it's so gross, like in the sense that like you can't really replicate their model. I mean, they're like they're like a, they're not just a store, right? Like they're a distributor. They're a big big card singles it, seller. It, it seems to me that their store is modeled after that that uh, that um, comic book store in is in San Francisco. That's like. A wine bar and also indie comic book store. It's like you know the one sort I'm talking. Of, it's super of, famous. Yeah, yeah, sort of like that. But I mean, really, what it is is they they have they had to like buy a building yeah. to house their operations. You know, and then they're like, oh well, what are we going to do with this ground floor? Why did I buy this? Did you eat this? I bought that. <laughs> so they're like, uh, I have kangaroo jerky. I've been doing so well with my fitness regimen. Right? I was talking to KYT, and I'm like, oh, I'm like, I gotta go. I'm going to the gym. He's like, you're going to the gym? I'm like, yeah, I go to the gym like every day. And 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 I'm, why did I buy this sugary <laughs> this giant mound I, of I just sugar, nuts, and flour? Didn't go to the gym yesterday. I just like, I was like, oh, I'm too tired, cold, my legs are sore. I'm just not gonna go. I, one day off the gym, and I'm buying this pecan sugar thing. Oh, okay, I'm yes, sure I'll, if you leave it here, someone will eat it. Yeah, during it's our, not gonna happen. Turn our polar cube draft. Well, the thing is, like, uh, I was walking by. So the gym in my building is it's in my building, and yeah. it's like packed. I could see from from block away it was packed, like with all these men running on treadmills and stuff. I'm not going tonight. It's packed. 
And I realized, oh, it's like January 3rd or whatever. <laughs> of course it's packed. <laughs> and it's like nobody's ever in it, usually, but me. Right, right. So, and, uh, so I'm like, ah, I'm just not going to go to it. So perhaps, perhaps what you could do is take this cinnamon Danish concoction and leave it near your gym when you go home. And then people will wander out. Like, like, kind of like, like Bugs Bunny. Like, it'll put its two fingers inside their nose and then pull them out. And yeah, that's probably not going to happen. I'm probably just going to eat it right now <laughs> <laughs> during this podcast. Yeah. You're not going to have any kangaroo jerky with me? I was thinking about the kangaroo jerky. It sounds horrifying to me. <laughs> and I'm not sure why. I'm I've had sure. rabbit. I, yeah, I, I, I eat, I've eaten all sorts of animals. It just... I really like kangaroos. You know, I think they're really cute. But I like pigs. I think baby pigs are among the most adorable animals on Earth. But I devour them greedily. I was about to say I've had lion, but that's not true. I was at a restaurant that was serving lion. Yeah, I've had tiger. Yeah? Yeah. Tiger is no more or less horrifying I'm, I'm, I'm upset that I missed out on an opportunity for whale bacon the last time I was in Japan. The Japanese are horrible people. <laughs> Top to bottom. <laughs> Horrible. Whale bacon? Whale bacon. That sounds perverted. <laughs> yeah, but but part of you is, is, no. is titillated. I am not titillated. No? What do you think the chances are that whale bacon is better than Toro? I mean, I would like to find out. You know. I mean, whale belly. So. Think about how good a, like, you know, pork belly is. And just imagine now... A whale oh. is different from a pork. <laughs> yeah, it's bigger. There's more fat. It's um, like in colder water. Pigs so, are barely in cold water. Catherine and Catherine and Bella went to a, some gr- girls-only sushi dinner last week when we were in Hawaii. And uh, where'd they go? Did they go to Sasabuni? Some place that they always go. Did they go to I sushi don't, Sasabuni? I don't know. They have them some place that they go. If they didn't go to sushi Sasabuni, it's. A misplay. I went to Chuck's Steakhouse with Chuck Clark, which is what we did last time we went. Well, Chuck stinks. I don't know why I went there. <laughs> Not even good. Anyway, so they're like raving about how great their sushi. They're always, they had oh, to have gone to Sasabuni. Such a such a good sushi. It, the, was it all like an omakase menu? Was, was I, all... I don't know. I've <sighs> never been there. They don't. I'm tell gonna me, text her. They don't tell me where it I'm is. I'm gonna text her. They're like, we had a boat of sushi. That's what they say to me. No, no, so, this is not. That's not Sasabuni. I don't know. What that's that. not how Sasabuni works. Anyway, that's way too uh, commercial. Yeah, it's way too, it's way too glib for yeah. Sasabuni. So, they go, and so Catherine says, "Oh, we had Toro. They never get Toro, I guess. Like, yeah. I don't know. They get like salmon rolls." And I'm like, "Oh, yeah." And she's like, "Yeah, because you you always say you like Toro the best." So Bella and I both had it. We're like, mm, "There's too much like meat." That's what, <laughs> that's what they said. <laughs> Like, we're glad we tried it, and we understand why oh. Daddy likes it, but we'll stick to yellowtail rolls or whatever oh. the hell they eat. Yeah, we were, well, I, I don't remember what Toro was in Japan, but the coverage team, you know, it's like Bueller was still there mm-hmm. and still had, you know, like, you know, director-level expense account, I guess. And uh, we, we ate a week's supply of Toro. For some restaurant in two nights, like <laughs> they're like, no, we don't have any more. We're like, what do you mean you don't have any? Like you could see it getting steadily redder yeah. on the because we were just ordering it by such disgusting quantities. Was it expensive? It was not terribly expensive, but I wasn't paying. So, so, but, so, but we kept ordering it. Kept ordering. Finally, they were like, look, we're out of Toro. Of Toro. What we can do for you is we could take the bones yeah. and the skin. And scrape all the Toro remnants off of that, oh, yeah. and make you like a a, a, a Toro like bowl hash with like rice or something. No, just like make little rolls. If they put it in little, yeah. you know, little seaweed and a little nori and wrap. It was delicious. We ate it. <laughs> bone scraping, <laughs> Toro bone scraping, and then uh, when we left, they gave us a standing ovation. I just remember. The, the my perception of being on the coverage team. I go, and the first show that I ever did was uh, Pro Columbus, and Randy took a bunch of us out to, was it Mongolian Barbecue? Sure. Okay. And, and like, that was, like, a big deal, because, like, the previous, um, previous times I ever on, like, everybody paid for their own stuff. Like, remember, we went, we went out for, like, Prime Rib with Greg Collins, and, like, paid our own way or whatever. And then, 
I don't know. Sometime after that, every time I was at a show, Randy was popping for Ruth's Chris. <laughs> it was like, like, I don't know. Mongolian Barbecue had opened the door. Like, I went to go pay, and he's like, oh, I'll cover this one. I'm like, all right. Everyone's like, oh, thanks, Randy. And then Becker tried to pay, right? Uh, you remember this I story, I do remember right? this. Becker tried to pay at the Mongolian Barbecue. And, you know, and Randy's, like, you know, working, right? So yeah. he's like, yeah, no, let me use my expense account or whatever. But then after that, it was just all Ruth's Chris. <laughs> I remember I got, I got molten lava cake two nights in a row. I was so rich on Randy's credit card. <laughs> molten lava cake. That was a big deal. It was, it was, it was like a it brownie. Was, it, was, it was delivered in every day straight from the 90s. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, though, right? I do. I do know exactly what At the beginning, we used about. to pay our own way. But that one night at the Mongolian barbecue, after that, swung the door. <laughs> the wide. door was wide open, and on the other side was ribeyes, like or apparently bone scraping. <laughs> so thank you, Randy Bueller. That was an awesome run we had. <laughs> Climax. I'm, I'm, uh, <laughs> nice. I'm, I'm working with Randy again in a couple weeks. I want to be in Vancouver. It's uh, me, him, and uh, Marshall doing uh, Grand Prix Vancouver, which I think is. Might be it's standard or modern. I don't even remember. I think it's standard. Randy Bueller yeah. is on the coverage team. Yeah, Randy and I did a show a couple weeks ago. How did I miss this? I don't know. How did he get back to the coverage team? It was. I guess he was like, I want to be. I want to do some Grand Prix coverage. I thought I wanted to do some Grand Prix coverage. You think you're supposed to shut that up? <laughs> I want to do a lot, like one weekend. All right. Well, Me, you, Joy, Pasco, Marshall. What do you think? That would be sweet. Uh, it has to be constructed. I did a Grand Prix last year. It was limited. <laughs> I didn't have much to say. <laughs> You've been drafted a lot. You've been Cuban. I draft a lot, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, I won't draft again, you know. Why, so why, So you'll draft Cube. I draft Cube nonstop. But why, why won't you do regular drafting? Phantom ticks. <laughs> <laughs> but do you, do, you not find, do you not find regular drafting as satisfying as Cube drafting? I'm, uh... Like, in Cube drafting... I'm like, not that I wasn't already infinite, because it's not really the fair scale, but even if I weren't infinite, I would be infinite on cube drafting. Like, I don't even come close to breaking even, right? It's, right. it's not even, it's like, it... You, you don't feel like you have that same ability to stay stable in, in regular drafts? I think I must. I, 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 I must, right? But I like cube drafting so much. Like, I'll give you an example. I drafted a train wreck last night. Like, you drafted a what? A train wreck. Sure. An absolute train wreck last night. So... My opening pick was Tinker, okay? There's just clearly Tinker. I was going to put I was going to yeah. put a picture up and it, 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 no one would have taken anything but Tinker. So it wouldn't almost have been always just Tinker. So, but then like I never had You consider not tinkering if like something like like Steel Colossus is also in that So pack. here's the thing, okay? So I take I take Tinker, right? And then I only have 3 total shots at a big artifact the entire draft. Opening pack of pack two, I can take Pristine Talisman or or Memory Jar. And I'm like, Memory Jar doesn't even kill for me, right? Sure. I don't have any cards to kill for me. I'm like, I'm going to take Pristine Talisman, and I've seen Memory Jar go. I mean, I yeah, don't yeah, Memory Jar always goes Yeah, so me. I don't know. Like, it, maybe it's horrible. Or I had no big artifacts, right? Right, yeah. And then I had a, I had this pick where I could have taken Blightsteel Colossus. You have or, to always take the pretty good, or If you have the Tinker, anymore. you have to take the Blightsteel Colossus. So I was just like, it was so late. It was like pack three. Like, um, you know, I, there were more than enough cards for it to come back to me, but like... It never comes back. Yeah, it didn't come back. And then I could have taken Sphinx of the Steel Wind or like another broken early card, right? So I took the broken early card. Sphinx of the Steel Wind is like one of the worst big fatties in Cube. I'm like... <laughs> So the, pro- the problem is, once you have the Tinker, you, you have to... I, so I ended up with this deck last night. I two won, But I ended up with this deck last night where I, 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 I lost to whatever, a legitimately broken deck, right? Yeah, yeah so, of course. But um, where I... Uh, the, the best artifact that I could Tinker for was Precursor Golem. Oh. <laughs> the best artifact that I had in my deck. So, But I had, I had a Tezzeret. So I, I, like, killed this one dude by just, like, casting... I, like, I tinkered for Precursor Golem. Uh, I, like, activated my ch- my Chandra. There was an artifact on top. Used it. And then... Then, uh... 
Ezrin ultimated him. And he was just like, <laughs> the, he's like, how did you just kill me? I'm like, I don't know. Just put it together. Ch- Chandra Pyromaster? Yeah. Or whatever it is, Pyromancer? Or I had both the Chandras. But the, the one that lets you yeah. uh, fork a spell, mm-hmm. that card is so good in, mm-hmm. in the cube. Yeah. It's, it's like, I think, criminally underrated in the cube. So, I lost to a broken reanimator deck. All three games were close. I had him dead to, to um, Planeswalker Ultimates in game, in game one. And he goes... He entombs for Angel of Serenity. He animates Angel of Serenity and kills my whole board. Like, I feel like, like the cube would be a lot more fun if Entomb was not yeah. in the was not in the cube. I, I, have, I have more than enough things to to block what I think that his offense is. And in in game two, uh, he actually has a sweet draw, but um, I just like look at my hand and I'm like, all right. So I go electrolyze. Uh, like Chandra, <laughs> prophetic bolt, snapcaster, <laughs> prophetic bolt off Chandra. <laughs> Killed him with an electrolyzer and a prophetic bolt. It was insane. Because like, he must have been pretty pissed because his draw was legitimately good. <laughs> like he was like doing stuff, and I was just playing mana, and I'm like, I know how this game's gonna end. <laughs> if I have two life points, because he had a sword and a big guy, uh. and I'm like, I'm gonna have two life points at the end of this turn. <laughs> now I'm gonna cast my snapcaster mage. <laughs> it was insane. So then in game three, he goes on the play, and he goes second turn, Stoneforge Mystic for red-blue sword. And as you might have been hearing, I'm red-blue. Yeah. So I go, so I have a I have a Phantasmal image in my hand, but I have my sword in my hand. So I'm just like, oh, this is the worst. So I held the Phantasmal image. It was a super close game, but I lost. But my other matches were real interesting, because I was like, my, my deck's a train wreck, so, you know, I'm going into game threes or whatever. It's something in game two situation in one case where I had won the first game. I'm just like, rando stuff, like, like... Like like the one dude I killed with like laying out pre- precursor golem and like hoping to hit an artifact and then killing him with uh, with uh, Tezzer ultimate like all my wins were like garbage right so I've been in this game three situation and I'm like oh what the hell so I decided out my entire deck decided in my green cards <laughs> so here's my opening hand it sounds like your nightmare so here's my opening hand mountain island forest <laughs> tin street hooligan electrolyze <laughs> Solemn Simulacra. So it's just the best deck ever. Solemn Simulacra. Call of the Herd. I'm just like, oh my god, I would play this in modern. <laughs> I destroyed him. He's just like, wait, what happened with this? I had like three forests. <laughs> I to get the Call of the Herd. It was absolutely insane. I got a Wickerboro Elder. It's like, Wickerboro Elder, go. He's just like, what? What the hell's going on? You were you killed ultimate. Yeah, so I, anyway, anyway, yeah. My dad was a train wreck, so I was yeah. just like, let's see what we can do. Yeah. Apparently, we can just Mikey pee the opening three lands. Because <laughs> you have that draw with Mountain Island Forest as your three lands. Yeah, yeah. They are destroyed. And the rest of my deck is like, uh, <laughs> Snapcaster Mage Prophetic Bolts. So. <laughs> anyway, my deck was very bad. But, yeah, that's Cube, man. I can't draft a very bad deck. <laughs> and, uh, like, my... Win expectation in cube is like I don't know at least one point two five. I haven't I haven't drafted the cube in a couple days because I kind of like went out on a high note where I got to uh, Chandra a time walk to get me to the point where my could ultimate my Ral Zarek. Yeah. And then flip five coins. How many did you win? Three. So, <laughs> so I took, five consecutive turns. turns in. One of those turns I do a Snapcaster Mage. I mean, if, you think, if I think about like my ex, my expense of of uh, not packs but of of chicks, I just prefer to play constructed. Yeah, I always want to like see how good my constructed decks are. So um, <clears throat> I don't know if I ever qualified for a big event again, I would have to learn how to draft again. Right? Yeah, yes. I, was, I was talking to Tom about this, and I wonder like I, I think Tom probably thinks I'm a very bad drafter. By Tom, you mean Tom? Martell. Tom Martellia. Hi, Mr. Martell. Um, I think he, he he would probably think I'm a very bad drafter regardless of my results. Because I'll, I'll give you an example, right? So I took this Tinker, and my deck ended up very bad. Because I didn't even know the Tinker cards, apparently, right? Yeah, yeah. Or, like, uh, the the pack that we were talking about where I put it up on Twitter, and there's a lot of, there was a lot of responses where I took the Lightning Bolt. Yeah. That's an interesting pack. I lost in the finals, but the the uh, it was the best draft I've ever had. Like, everything went my way. I dictated the pace of the draft. I got exactly what I wanted. I got exactly the cards back that I thought right. were going to come back. And essentially, the the, the 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 dilemma of the pack came down to counterspell, necromancy, necromancy lightning or yeah. lightning bolt, which no one else picked, really, but you. Um, LSV and and that's Burling would have both taken the lightning bolt. Oh, okay. So, Chris Bakula and Caleb Durward would have taken the 
County, County Spell. And everyone else in the everyone universe. Everyone else would in the have taken universe. Necromancy. Marshall, John Finkel, Drew Levin would have all taken the necromancy. Sure. Because value. LSD said he liked the red deck. Yeah. I mean I showed Tom my deck like while I was I mean he was Tom was making fun of me the whole draft, right? But I showed him my deck and he's like, Wow, this deck's insane. <laughs> it's like good job. So um but I lost the finals. Uh but if I the thing I was telling Drew and that's why Tom thinks I'm a bad drafter. Is like, let's say the best card is objectively a necromancy, right? That's a card John would take. I mean, maybe it is sure, objectively sure, the best. Sure. I take the necromancy, and now what? I don't know how to draft that deck. <laughs> well, like, like, my win expectation in holiday in holiday cube draft is something like eighty five percent with red deck. So, so this goes this goes back to my sort of drafting theory that I talked about with Marshall on his podcast. Hmm. Based on the Brandon Sanderson writing theory, architect versus guardian. No, guardian. If, you, if you if you take a lightning bolt, you know how to architect that deck. And whereas if you take the necromancy, you don't have a you don't have a blueprint to draft that. And so now suddenly you're like, okay, I'm gardening, right? You're like, well, what what am I going to take to go with this? Do I want? Oh, oh, I should have taken the frantic search. Damn it, I didn't take the frantic search. I've only had two train wrecks in. In this, and I have two one. Is that a fair last, description yeah. of the dilemma for it's you? Exactly at that the case. Okay. So what I was gonna say is, like, I train wrecked last night. I mean, I just tried to play creatively, and apparently still, still did, just did reasonably well. But my other train wreck, I went oh one, and I tried, I tried to be like, oh yeah, this, you take the tinker here or whatever, right? Or I don't remember what the broken card was. It was a big, a broken blue card that was not of an archetype that I know. And I ended up with this train wreck, and Drew looked at it, and he's just like, this is actually an excellent deck. If you had gotten one or two wildfires, this is exactly the deck that Matt Sperling and LSV always draft. But I didn't even know how to play it, right? I mean, I only lose the busted decks in cubes, so... Sure. Like, I lost to a different deck that had, like, Ancestral Lotus or whatever. I mean, that's what happens. Um, but the thing that I like about red deck is I constantly beat people who have better cards than me with red deck. But I feel like if I'm playing a broken blue deck, if they get their broken blue cards... Like, you know, I, I took this pick before where I took Soul Ring over Lotus. I asked John, he's like, that's correct. Yeah. yeah I lost I lost the, I lost that's, the, how, that's how I befriended Aaron Forsyth, by yeah. the way. Soul Ring over Lotus? So Grand Prix Pittsburgh, I believe it was. And uh, it was before there was Cube. Remember when there was Big Box draft, which is just ultimately Cube. Cube. But people used to call it Big Box. And uh, it was the first time I had met Aaron. And he was there. He was Big Boxing with his brother. I don't even think he was working at Watsy yet. What year? Was he probably went to let's go work at Watson in 2001, 2002. Yeah, so this is Grand Prix Pittsburgh, so probably not. But, uh, so I'm sitting down, Aaron's... The one that we played together? No, I ran it. This is the one where I, I fired the guy after he brought me product. Oh, in the car? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell that story for Alright, <laughs> so, um... I, I, I mean, don't feel too bad for him. I fired him a lot of times, ultimately. Um... But, the, you know, so Aaron, like, I'm opening my pack. It's the first time I've ever done a draft like this. And there's, like, just this, you know, there's everything. All the power cards are in this draft. And, and Aaron kind of, like, just, like, leans in to see what my pack looks like. And it's, and I've got Black Lotus and Sol Ring. And he's like, and I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I want to see which one you take. And I took the Sol Ring, and it was kind of like, okay, we could be friends. <laughs> yeah, John said it was clearly correct, right? Yeah. But I lost in the finals of that draft with the guy who got the Black Lotus. Yeah. Oh, no. I, I mean, I cast the turn two Sun Titan off of Black Lotus in cube the other day. That's really good. So I'm pretty good at Storm. But my EV with Storm is... I love Storm. Probably a little bit under 2-1. Yes. My EV with uh, with uh, um, Red Deck is a little under 3-0. Yeah. So, so Grand Prix Pittsburgh. This is... I don't even remember when. But it was it was team sealed. I was running it with Mike Guptill. Grey Matter and Professional Event Services working together to run the event. Before Grand Prix Philadelphia? Before Grand Prix Philadelphia? The one that was the biggest one in North America at the time? I don't remember. I probably. I mean, there's a lot of stories from this Grand Prix. This is also where I met Tim McKenna. Oh, the closet? That was, before, it was like two years before I yeah, yeah, the closet. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, so we, we, we get to the event, and I don't even remember what happened, but basically... The shipment of product from Wizards of the Coast to the Grand Prix was detained somewhere. It just, just is a limited team, limited GP. We have no like, idea how many people are going to show up. And just like the sealed product is just lost on the back of the truck. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, just, 
It's just gone somewhere. I don't know how many people understood that joke, but it was hilarious. Huh? Nothing. <laughs> oh, man. Apparently there was something funny. <laughs> Brian won't say it out loud. Nope. But I bet it was really funny. So uh, I bet so it we, has to do with ceiling. So we have to find product. You know, we, we, we just, you know, we, we maybe have tracked it down to what airport it's in, and maybe we can get someone to drive there. We can do, and I'm like, look, you know, we're in Pittsburgh. I'm like, I can get to Harrisburg. Yeah. In whatever it was, five hours, six hours. Someone from New York can get to Harrisburg in six hours. You know, this is better than me driving there or someone driving over here. Let's just, so I get, I go, Bruce, work for me. I'm like, Bruce, I need you to go to your car. I need you to load up every single, was it Tempest Sealed? I don't even remember. Whatever it was. Whatever. Every single starter deck, every single booster pack you can find in the back of your car and drive to Harrisburg right now. Because we have to run trials, we have to run every, you know, we don't... We have what day of the week was this? This is... This is... Uh, Thursday? This is probably Friday. So you're screwed already. We're already People screwed. People are there. We're already screwed. Like, we have some little bit of product that we've been fiddling around with. He's like, okay. So I get in the car with Hogan Long, we drive to Harrisburg, I get there, Bruce is there, he's eating some meal in the diner, I'm like, what's going on? He's like, it's in the car. I'm like, I open up the trunk, and there's like... Six cases of starters and like four cases of. I'm like, what is this? He's like, well, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to bring too much. <laughs> I'm like, what? He's like, you know, I mean, I just, I just grabbed some, put it in the car, and I'm like, all right, do me a favor, just get it into Hogan's car, and then come see me. Yeah. <laughs> and he puts it in Hogan. He's like, what? I'm like, you're fired. <laughs> I'm like, you're fired. I just fired him in Harrisburg. I eventually rehired him and fired him again at some future date. But why didn't why didn't he just put the correct? Them? I no. Would idea. you have had enough product? And we ended just, up with enough. Product. No, but would you have had enough product at the store to probably, cover the Grand Prix? Probably. Probably. Certainly enough with another load. Oh, Mike was probably yeah, yeah, working yeah, yeah, and yeah. on events yeah. or whatever. Mike ended up having to. Um, get someone to go to his warehouse. Mike has Mike is a distributor. Mike, no, Mike had a warehouse for his for his you know events. Yeah, and have someone break into his warehouse because he was in Pittsburgh yeah. with his keys and all this stuff. And he's like, "Look, I need you to go to my warehouse. I need you to go to my storage locker. Yeah, essentially, and I need you to break in. Yeah, <laughs> like so, some guy had to go with bolt cutters, avoid security guards, <laughs> bolt cut <laughs> the lock." Get product out and drive it to Pittsburgh. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. This is like the Ocean's Eleven of Grand Prix back-end sales. It was a pretty... Uh, and then we didn't get a lot of teams. Because yeah. <laughs> it was in Pittsburgh and it was teams. And, so, but but Hugh, I think Huey won that event, right? Wouldn't be surprised. Was Bro- he, it was, it was, uh, it Huey, was Brock, and Huey Lindy. Brock and Lindy. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they won that event. What does Huey say about heaven? Like, he looks to his left and, like, Reed and Owen are there, and he looks to his right, and <laughs> Brock and Wendy are there. And Five then, man teams? Yeah. And, like, <laughs> and, then, like, <laughs> and then, like, I don't know, Dave Williams walks in and says, let's draft. Like, that's what it, his conception of heaven yeah. includes Owen Turtonwald. Five, five man team sealed. Yeah, it's like, all right, the event is five man sealed. It's me, Brock, Lindy, Owen, and Reed. Owen and Reed. Versus Dave Williams and. The OMS brothers, Dave Williams, Bobby. That'd be awesome. I want to do five person team sealed now. Yeah, that would be I'll a, run it. Yeah, that would be sweet. So, um, imagine that, Canada. Five Man Limited, <laughs> starring William Jensen. What if, it was, what if it was like Pick Your Squad, right? So the two best drafters in the world are Huey Jensen and uh, and Ben Stark, right? That's the yes. that's almost across the board. That's what people say. Correct. So who's Ben's crew? LSV. Well, so so it's really like interesting. PV, LSV. It's, really, it's really interesting, right? Like Ben and LSV yeah. do not see eye to eye on Limited. Yeah. You know what but I mean? LSD will do what Ben says. He he will. Yeah. He will, but he's he's got his he's got a stubborn streak. I'm just saying, a, you tell me he's who's got a, a stubborn streak. Like, so ben, ben really thinks Ben Ben has said I mean he said it with LSD sitting right there, not not even meaning it. He's like if I could just draft Luis's decks yeah. and then let him play them. He would be one of the top five players of all time. <laughs> 
no, he, but it feels, <laughs> he feels like he could get like somewhere between like four and seven percent more win rate. Yeah. Out of Luis, it, it, he, in would, limit. he would ex, he would move from being one of the top five players of all time to to what? <laughs> he would just the, he would actually bring about bring about the impending singularity. Yeah. Well, Luis, apparently we we screwed up on the denominator. We can't actually cram another seven I mean, percent to your win I would, percentage. <laughs> I, I would certainly take Efro on my short list. I know. I'm practice. saying who's it's Huey against Ben. Huey against. Ben. I know who Huey's crew is. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah. Who's on Ben's crew? It's South Florida against wherever the hell Huey lives. Some combination of New York, the Midwest, Las Vegas, oh, ben, and Boston. Ben's, I mean, Ben's clearly going to take Efro, right? You tell me. Who's on his crew? He's going to take Efro. He's, he's not going to take any South Florida old school guys? I don't know. He's got some South Florida old school guys that he probably... Who do you want to take? I don't know. I don't know who his crew is. I mean... I have a picture of him with no shirt on in my iPhone, but you know. I, I think I think he's gonna take. You know the picture of no with a with a Ben with no shirt on in my iPhone story. No, I I, don't, I, I cannot don't, tell you that story on the I podcast. Don't, I don't want it, and I don't want you to. <laughs> and I don't want you to. It's a really good story. It's an insane story, and you will soon understand why. Can't have it on the podcast. Okay. The other story that's insane that we can't have on the podcast. Is about giving away a copy of my book, which is so good. That story. Oh yeah, yeah. That's also not suitable for the podcast. It's that story is probably better than the than the Ben with no shirt on story. Sure. But the Ben with no shirt on story is also good. Okay. So, so Canadian some, listen- sort of, some sort of premium feature. I don't. <laughs> Canadian listeners, let's say. Uh, so there's going to be a Grand Prix in Montreal, I think. I was there thinking is. about going yeah, to Well, first of all, the first Canadian Grand Prix that's coming up is in two weeks. I'm not going to that one. Vancouver. I was thinking... Oh, that's on the other side of the world. Yeah, that is on the other side of the world. I'm also going to Montreal. So I was thinking I'm about going to Montreal. Montreal and hanging out with the, you know, our benefactors yeah. from, from, uh, yeah, you from KYT site. But it's li- they're like, oh, they're making all these plans to hang out. So like, oh, well, one night we're going to do karaoke. And one night we're going to like go to this place and Spruik's going to spin. I'm like... Yeah, and and I'm like, and they're like, oh, I guess Friday night we could like, I don't know, go to blah blah blah. I'm like, Friday night? Do you guys understand how to go to an event? Friday night, I'm going to sleep at 9 p.m. Saturday night, I'm going to sleep at whatever time I get out of playing, and then on Sunday night, if I'm not too busy still playing, we can have some fun. But you guys with your <laughs> going to the club on Friday night, what is your expected value the next day? <laughs> Are you crazy? Okay. Uh, is, like, it, is it limited, Montreal? It's limited. I would, I would totally have gone. You should, you should still go. Um, it's not far, right? No, no, no. It's I was, I'm, I'm considering. I was talking to Scotty Mack and, and KYT about it last week. I'm considering. I'm considering just like you know, getting a car of people together to go. Go to Montreal. Yeah, it's a nice like, drive. I don't know anything about limited. Whatever. How hard could it be to learn? Because I, I went to go learn limited on a. Uh, when I had my Grand Prix coverage last year, uh, why do you just go hang out with Billy Jensen for a couple of years? For Return to Ravnica, what's the second set? Gate Crash? Yeah. And I destroyed my limited rating. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like 1800 on Moto after all of this cubing. But that's good. If you're destroying your limited rating, that means you're learning stuff. Yeah, but I. That means you're, learn, you're learning stuff. Honestly, like, yeah. people always have that thing, that reaction. They're like, ah, oh, I destroyed my rating. It's like, dude, that's a good. Like, if you're not destroying your rating, then you're not learning. Yeah, yeah, my constructor rating is like 17 on it. You're just winning. <laughs> so, I, so you're saying you're really good at limiting. So you learn a lot. At, uh, construct- construct- so I was like looking at how bad my constructor rating was on Moto. And then, so I, this is actually something you guys should do at home. I, I do this. I actually keep track of every single match that I play on Moto on, 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 on Constructed. What deck I played, what deck I played against, and what my, my rating delta was. And the, the reason I, I do that is that when I'm preparing for events, I just add up which decks have the good delta, and whichever one has the best delta is the one I play. Okay, that's basically what I do. Um, and so I looked, and I'm just like, how, how did I destroy my ratings so badly that it was like in the 1600s, right, for a while? And it was like, uh, Jacob Van Lunen had made a black-white allies deck, and he convinced me that it was good. And I did horrible in the 10-game set that I played, and he's like, no, it's good. So I played another 10-game set. Nice. <laughs> and I'm like, if you add together these two 10-game sets, it was like 200 rating points. <laughs> Do you, so, let me ask you a question. When you're, when you're looking at decks, yeah. like Jake, Jake Van Linden is a great example. Of someone who's like, I love Jake Van Linden as a deck But designer. someone who thinks outside the box, yeah. comes up with some interesting brews. Who, who are the people that you 
when you're making your rounds on you know Monday and you're catching up on the week of magic articles, who who are the deck builders that you look to for inspiration or for like? Possible stuff to try. Out. I mean, other than like other than top other eights. than, other than t- t- top eights. I'm saying like you know, Larry you... Swayze. Oh yeah, Larry Swayze. Uh, I mean, just friends of mine like Patrick Chapin will show me something that's sure. not the same thing sure. as on Star City or whatever. But that um, whatever Jerry. So I, Jerry will ask me. He'll be like, you know, uh, what do you think about X? Right. You know, I, I, th- something like that. That's that's obviously engaging for me. But you know where I learn a lot. Is if I'm playing like in the tournament practice room on Moto and I lose to something interesting, I like to go and try to make it myself. And like I lost to this guy where I was playing modern last week, and I was just like, oh, I'm just crushing him. His deck's green and terrible, and he just like played like a bunch of of burning tree emissaries like you would in standard. Ran out of Nick those. It was like it was it was it was a. Uh, it was modern, right? And he had, like, all these weird cards. I didn't understand why he would play them. Like, the one-mana Fertile Ground and the two-mana Fertile Ground. And okay. I'm like, oh, wait. Those are giving a lot of... Those are giving a lot of... Uh, pips. Pips. And, and, then he's, he, and he's drawing cards off them, right? They were both... And, yeah, and he had... He had also... He had also Garrick Wildspeaker, which I had not seen anyone play in forever. But, like, you Fertile Ground, like... this, And you have, like, Nykthos. Like, a lot of mana. And he just, like, over... I, I thought I was going to win. He just killed me with the overrun ability on Garrick because I forgot that it existed. It's like, oh, that's actually a pretty interesting deck, yeah, you know. Did you, and did you see uh, Travis Wu's Modern Shaman's deck? Yeah, I played. Uh, well, the, the Travis Wu deck I was playing last night actually was Mono Blue Bear. I'm like, oh, that deck's like way right up our alley. It's Phantasmal Bear. Uh, this is deck. Twenty lands, Phantasmal Bear, whatever crappy preordain that you play now. What's the name of it? Ponder. I no, don't know. they don't even play Ponder. I have no idea. The, whatever crap. The one that lets. Quicken. You, some crappy ass preordain that you play. It has that Gataxian probe, the bear, Delver of Secrets, Snapcaster Mage, and then like um, Vapor Snag, Cryptic Command, Remand, and uh, Disrupting Show. I'm like, oh man, this deck's right up our alley. I'm gonna play this. this oh is, yeah, I like sweet. I've seen that deck. I like it. I don't like it as much as the Rage Forger deck though. Oh yeah. Well, anyway, this dude plays like some cards, and he just casts a Grim Lava Mancer against me. I'm like, I cannot possibly win. <laughs> My deck has Phantasmal Bear and all guys that die to that, and there's zero removals in this deck or sideboard. So I'm like, all right, concede. So then like, like I'm playing game two. Grim Lava Mancer cracked the smile. I'm like remanding him. Like I cryptic command twice. I'm like, oh, I'm so far ahead. He's just like. Come on, the mancer. I'm like, yeah, I'm dead. Like, I'm like, vapor snag that. Like, maybe you, need, you, you need you'll little, forget you, to cast it 15 consecutive you need, turns. You need to kill a great class spinner. Yeah, that that um, wasn't in his sideboard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I don't know if I don't even know. I don't know. the deed. That's what. Let me tell you something. Grim Lava Mancer versus Travis's Bear Deck. Nope. One Grim Lava Mancer was enough for me. I was just like, I looked at my grip. I'm like, yeah. I could make a go of it if a go is having three disrupting shoals in your hand. <laughs> no, no, I had no one to pitch, and I was tapped out when he cast it. Yeah. So. How how, uh, how ready are you for Born of the Gods? Uh, I mean, previews start next week, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't have any previews this round. Maybe in future round I will. Yeah. So. I mean, but like, how how ready are you to like just shake up standards? I love standard right now. I really like it. I yeah. like mono blue devotion. I like mono black devotion. I mean, I don't like them as like this. Actually, something we were talking about two days ago, right? Like, I can't imagine myself playing mono blue devotion in a tournament, but I like the fact that it exists. You know. Right. So, so Mike and I were having a conversation the other day, listeners, and I, I, I would actually very much love to hear you guys. If you put chime comments, in. Brian Should, would be happy. So write really comments like, right now. I would really like to hear you chime in on this because it's my contention. Mike, Mike was talking about the idea of qualifying for the Pro Tour, thinking about PTQ, talking about Grand Prix. Yeah, and, I'm talking about traveling to a Grand Prix. Yeah, I was really excited about playing the PTQ. That PTQ I played, the first PTQ I played in five years. Yeah. So. So, so here's the thing. Mike will always play <laughs> a Mike. He plays a Mike deck. He plays a deck that he feels like, tell me, if, correct me if this isn't, you know, an inaccurate statement that you feel like you have an advantage because it's not this known quantity that, you know, it matches up in a way that people don't always know how to play against and that you will have put in enough time and effort energy into it that you know all the ins and outs of that deck. I think that, is that, is that I used I mean, to it's say something like that, some... but I'm probably just a contrarian who wants to feel special and different. Okay. I mean, like, 
those things are related, maybe. Yeah. You know, but I, I, I mean, my, I, my case is that my, sometimes my, I actually do make the best deck, but probably my motivation is mostly the fact that I'm special. And so my, my contention is, having watched Mike play, and, and despite the fact that I give Mike a hard time and tease yeah. him about, like, legendary lands and... That was the first podcast I heard. <laughs> By the way, other, my deck lost to itself in the finals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And other, you know, Mike, Mike is... You know, quite a, quite a technical player, and like has this like way of looking at a game and sculpting a plan through that game. That's going to be a way to win. That maybe isn't always apparent to other people. And I kind of feel like if you came to it with the most powerful tools, <laughs> right? Instead of freaking MacGyvering your bubblegum paper clip and shoestring deck, I was playing tonight. You actually like, just brought a bomb to the I'm table. I'm just like quickening all my divinations. <laughs> like the control mirror, my podcast is Spix's Revelation. I'm just like, come on, man. Some <laughs> quickening divinations here. I won though. Yeah, <laughs> my, my deck had Ashiok, Ralsner, <laughs> Jace, other Jace, Chandra. It was a piece. I have to untap my clifftop retreat so I can play this. Ralsner wasn't ball. good in this deck. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't good. I only played one. But like, like I feel like if, I, I would love for you to take one event, figure out one event you're going to do, whether it's a PTQ I think a Grand Prix or a Grand Prix. Okay, and then just like focus your only options. Are real decks. I mean, I almost remember we played that that, that Grand Prix where Satan almost made top eight, and then he got mad at me when I when he he like conceded to LSV for oh, points. It was the fall, Grand Prix yeah, and then he had to win the last round. Like he could have just drawn with LSV and then drawn again to make top eight, but instead he conceded to LSV so that LSV could get points for like platinum or whatever. And then he's like, "Oh, I have to play and win the last round." And he didn't win, sure. you know, whatever. He's mad at me because I said, you know. You shouldn't have conceded to LSB then, you know? He's just like, no, this is What deck was that, though? Uh, I played blue-green, blue-green, some kind of infinite combo. Oh, it was like next level... Some combo something. deck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, like, and you're like, oh, you're playing a real deck. I didn't do well. <laughs> hey, hey, speaking of the devil... I was just talking about you. Remember when you got mad at me because you conceded for, to, to LSB at the end of that Grand Prix? You're just going to get him mad at you again. I do remember that. <laughs> so, like, Steve and I didn't talk for, like, three months. <laughs> I was also mad that you were keeping me up all night. You just kept wanting to tell jokes. That's you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway. Uh, uh, I, was just, I was just talking to, to Mike and presenting the, the, this challenge. Alternate for, model. For him to go to an event. Like, okay. a, where, like he can talk about wanting to get back on the front door. And saying, go to an event, whether it's a Grand Prix or a couple of PTQs or whatever it is, and actually say, I'm going to either play Mono Blue, Mono Black, or Esper. Or Esper. Those are my only options. And those okay. are, like, whatever, like, whatever. And those those might not be the only three options. No, at the time we were talking about, and the reason right I said, now. or Esper, and I was like, can I play my Esper deck? <laughs> <laughs> it has Night Vale Spectre. <laughs> but, but playing, but like, working within the confines of what are generally accepted to be the best decks. Yeah. And, like, actually give yourself, like... You you play your balls off with these shitty frickin' decks, <laughs> right? Like, what if you actually just played with a good deck? So, did I ever tell you the fairy story when uh, Paul Chion made top eight of U.S. Nationals? That fairies deck with uh, Shadow Mage Infiltrator. Do you remember this? Yeah, I do. You remember, right? Yeah. So he makes top eight with this with this Shadow Mage Infiltrator. Another tournament I'm bitter about. <laughs> <laughs> fairies deck, right? With uh, I mean, so, if we talk about tournaments you play in. This will become a recurring theme. So. <laughs> so <laughs> you were both a sore winner and a sore loser. So uh, I was such a sore winner. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, oh, Paul Chion's fairies deck has Shadow Mage Infiltrator. I'm like, yes, I'll try this. I don't know if my Moto win percentage went up or not. I mean, I didn't, I didn't track, I didn't track it like. Uh, because I was just playing in the tournament practice room. But God, was it easy to destroy my opponents. I'm like, I might win the same rate, but this is effortless. <laughs> just, oh, like, yeah. just like, like Thoughtseize, Bitter Blossoms, Shadow Mitchell Fairy. Is it dead? You're dead. <laughs> that, that was it, you know? Oh, Cryptic Command, that you're dead. You yeah. see what happens when you actually play powerful okay, cards. Real deck, yeah. 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 Powerful cards with real synergy. It's not like five mana, four fours, and extended. Yeah, but... But when a dude wins a PTQ with that the next week, it's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. Do you remember when we had when we had um, Dredge and nobody else had it, and then and so we played, then I was just like too embittered uh, yeah, from making top eight, and then we played Magnajet. 
Do you know this story? No. So we had I make top four of this PTQ, and I got man like maybe the finals or whatever. Yeah. And I got man screwed in the finals against the Rock. I'm just like his deck has zero percent chance of beating me in a legitimate match. I'm playing Dredge, and nobody else had it. Okay. So I just just this is like like the time the guy hid the island. I'm just trying to make him feel better. So, now. good. <laughs> so, so, we're in the swamp. Canadian listeners, you can understand my, my thinking here. So, I make finals of this PTQ, and I'm like, I really want to get back to the Pro Tour, right? I'd won two PTQs that year, actually. So, I'm like, I'm like oh, I'm so good. So, I'm like, and I, and I, I'm so good, and I have dredge. <laughs> so, I'm then, I'm like, talking to you, I'm like, Steve, I think people will figure out this dredge deck. Let's make an anti dredge deck. <laughs> I don't think our deck could even beat. Right? So, so we, end, so we end, that, that is the hallmark of an anti-dredge deck, by the way. So, so we end up playing this red-green deck. That's almost a defining characteristic of an anti-dredge. That has deck. like a forty percent win percentage against dredge. I think you're being generous. Yeah. So, but so forty percent win percentage against somebody who doesn't know how to play dredge. Is this the dredge deck that had like? Uh, this was Icarid. It the like Icarid. Icarid. Oh, yeah. oh god, so, that deck was so good. So our yeah. teammate Tim McKenna and Julian Levin. <laughs> Apprentice number two at that point are literally playing my dredge cards against each other in the top eight because yeah. I owned the dredge deck, right? So they're like, uh, Tim's like, hey, give me the. He's like, are you playing the? You know, I am. Are you playing the dredge deck this weekend? I'm like, no. He's like, shotgun. <laughs> So, so him and him and Julian I, eliminate each other. I love, so what's what's sort of undersold in that story, yeah. and I think underscores my point, is that Tim McKenna both knew yeah. that you would have the dredge deck <laughs> and fully expected that you would not be playing it. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, and he knew he had to be fast because yeah. he knew other people would figure this out as well, Mike. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, long story short, I owned the dredge deck. I just made finals of a PTQ with it. And so my teammate Tim McKenna's is like, are you playing this weekend? No, I think I'll play red-green. What did we play? I know we had Magma Jet in the deck. Suspended. <laughs> you can play to kill your own guy. Or you, can play, you can yeah, play Mind's we... Desire at this point. You can play Mind's Desire, right? Is that Pro- a viable oh, strategy? Oh, yeah, no, they were, and that deck would win on, like, turn three a lot yeah. of the time. We're we had Magma Jet. It built two damage. Not only did we have Call of the Herd in our deck, but Stomping <laughs> Ground hadn't been printed yet. I remember we had no oh, yeah. we had no bridge. Oh, yeah, our no. mana wasn't very good yeah. either. <laughs> we had a two color deck. We had like Barbarian Ring. We had, I think I think we, we literally. Had Ape, but I don't think we had enough forests. <laughs> we didn't have Stomping Ground. Yeah, no, my Curd Ape was. I think that I lost playing for Top Ape because my Curd Ape was a one-one. <laughs> And, and we, my magma generally dealt two. <laughs> Did we have barbarian ring? Oh, definitely. <laughs> that tells yeah, you. Yeah, remember barbarian ringing my own guy to be dredge. So that was good. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I like Brian's interpretation. Tim knew that. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. But I guess the oh, more tournaments, thinking back on them, just make me sick. <laughs> <laughs> so, wait. <laughs> Do you remember when we played we played Teamsies and we played the same configuration two weeks in a row, but the first week I played this whack like three color rock deck that me and me and Rabbits made with, with Helldozer? Do you remember the Helldozer deck? Oh yeah. We yeah. lost in the finals. Oh yeah. And then the next week we played the same configuration, but instead of my Helldozer deck, I played Gazi Glare and we went undefeated in games qualifying for the Pro Tour. <laughs> what Mike is leaving out is that we only played one round. We played two, <laughs> we played two. two rounds. Undefeated in games. Well, what Mike's also leaving out is that it's time for us to... We're going to cube draft. I don't see any other drafters, but They're Steve. here. They, they, I don't see They them. keep poking their head in, and then... They have an invisibility cloak. They do. Are they Harry Potter? They are. Do they have lightning bolts tattooed to their heads? They do. They have a first pick. No, they jets. have magma jets. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> do we even have They have magma jets. They haven't been reprinted no. yet, right? No. Magma jets and constructed and first pick lightning bolts in cube. Um... Yeah, I... We might first pick lightning bolt in this cube. It's a common cube. Yeah. We yeah, we're doing a popper cube. Sal Feldman's popper cube. Popper cube. Popper cube. All commons. How many drafters do you have? I think we have six. Go confirm the draft. You kind of... You kind of... <laughs> uh, Mike's, Mike's like, oh, I can... It's all phantom ticks. It's all phantom ticks? Yeah, but it's kind of silly that it's a, that I care about being right, infinite with Phantom Ticks. Ten real tickets to me first <laughs> before you start getting out on the Phantom Tick treadmill. What? Yeah, you got to give me ten tickets. Yeah. Um. So uh, <laughs> it's to make up for making a play back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, the, but Steve almost made top eight of that pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Lost playing in the final final round. Yeah. Like, so yeah. I lost to a Scepter Chant deck. 
No, you also an Infinity deck. No. Affinity. Really? Yes. I thought it was Scepter Chain. You had a great match against Affinity. Remember, you didn't break the Wooded Foothills because you would just push two lands to the bottom of your deck with the right play. Oh, yeah, that was smart. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, we also didn't have Ancient Grudge yet. It hadn't been printed yet. Nope. <laughs> I lost to Affinity? Yeah. That makes sense. We had, like, natural. <laughs> we had Naturalized and Magma Jet. Magma Jet, I guess, killed Frogmite. <laughs> So, this is the deck we had. Just remember the first part of the story was that I, had, I think I was in top four, not in top two, but I made top four of PZQ the previous week, and nobody else had Dredge yet. That's the important thing. Wasn't this deck essentially created by Rizzo? Yes, Rizzo had it. So, what happened was, Osep calls me. Which is me. bizarre, right? Because he's not. Yeah. So, I mean, not, not a knock on him. He's just not someone who's known for building decks. He's not decks. known for Osep calls me, and he goes, you have to play this deck. And I'm like, what deck is it? He's like, Paul Sotosanti is playing against John Rizzo for fun. And this was the deck. And I'm like, what does this deck do? He's uh, like, attack for Icarids a bunch of turns? He's just like, don't ask any questions. Just play the deck. Trust me. So like, uh, three rounds later, I'm like, yeah, I guess I'm going to be qualified for Honolulu. I have not come close to losing a game. Like, that deck was insane because you could just annihilate your opponent's hand with free Cabal Therapies after attacking them for nine. It was just like your turn. Knock like, out their magma jet and naturalize. <laughs> I'll name naturalize. Oh, you got me again. Your injured stuff, Howler. You only have four mana, so you couldn't cast it yet. So anyway, long story short, Red Green was, saying that. Long, was you know the best. Red, <laughs> Red Green was the best, and you should play it. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's the best in any format. Um, so... So that that's the rule. So I have to play. Uh, I actually own all the cards. Just play mono black devotion, right? Yeah, now. I mean, mono I black devotion. Just, I mean, it's all, just, like, all the wind keeps winning. With if it. you just glued together all like the the Dega slash Gray Merchant <laughs> brews that I've made, I just own yeah, like I think four thought pieces, four underworld it's connections. It's also like it's the deck that lets you like just play the most perfectly. I think because of the thought seizes. And you have duress after sideboard. Yeah, yeah. You just get to take take apart their hand, and then you just get to, basically you go okay on turn one. I'm going to determine whether or not I just make a pack rat every turn, mm-hmm. or whether or not I need to make oh, I some don't own pack rat. Whether or not I need to make some plays for a couple of turns before, until I start making pack rat before casting desecration demon. Yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. You should do this. Do you think I should do this? Yeah, do it. But what about playing, like, my own deck? <laughs> All right, fine. Play your own deck. Yeah! Can I borrow your mono-black card? <laughs> <laughs> right, I think that's the perfect sign-off. I, I only have one set of mutable. Pod, podcast title, <laughs> Can I Borrow Your Mono-Black Cards? <laughs> yeah. So I only have one set of mutable. That's okay. I'll use them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There's Steve Saden, Michael J. Flores, is Brian David Marshall, signing off for Top and of Magic. don't forget to scrape the bones in the back of that... <laughs> Fish skin. Oh, yeah. It was really good. For tuna.